Uh, this um, afternoon, we are going to start by reading, declaring the glory of the Lord from two portions of the scriptures. So please get ready to use both of them. First of all, we are going to begin from Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 is where our declaration of the glory of God will come from first today. Then once we are done with that, we'll quickly flip over to Jeremiah chapter 10, which I know that by now many of us know it by heart. Colossians chapter 1. Now we are going to read from verse 13, and we are going to stop in verse 20. We are declaring the glory of the Lord Jesus. And as soon as we are done with that, we'll go over to Jeremiah chapter 10. It's still the same person, the same Christ that we are declaring his glory. I want to remind us, please do this. You can just take these few, all the ones we use here, there are not too many, I don't think there are more than 10, that we'll go over again and again. I have quite a number of them personally, but we tend to read Psalm 2, um, Psalm 65, 66, um, Jeremiah chapter 10, Colossians chapter 1, just... Take one each time and just read it out as a declaration or right into the spirit realm, giving you authority, you're establishing the lordship of Jesus. That's why we do all of these things. Do you understand me? All right, so let's do this together this um, afternoon. We are going to start from verse 13 of the book of Colossians. We are reading from the New American Standard Bible. One, two, let's go. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether as thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he will himself come have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the peace blood of his cross. Through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Amen. Amen. Quickly, Jeremiah chapter 10. The same Lord Jesus is the one we are speaking about. We have just spoken about him now, that by him all things were created, that all things have been created through him and for him. Say amen to that. Amen. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. He said it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. And we're talking about who? Answer me, yeah. Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed of the name? No. I lie. We're talking about whom? Jesus Christ. Let's read more of his glory from the book of Jeremiah chapter 10. As usual, we start from verse 6, and we read all the way to verse um, 16. Lord Jesus, we're talking about you. We worship you. We adore you. And with Jeremiah, we declare as follows. One to let's go. It's not like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. 
but they are altogether stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Bidding silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Ophers. The work of a craftsman and of the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Thus you shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like this, for the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Somebody give me an amen. Amen. We declare it again, Jesus is Lord. Say it. Jesus is Lord. One more time. Jesus is Lord. One more time. Jesus is Lord. One more time. For the last time now, Jesus, Jesus is Lord. Lord. Amen. Amen. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Amen. Upon this rock, he has built his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. The church will advance. Amen. We declare in this land, his knowledge will advance. Amen. In this land, his church will advance. Amen. Every false god will come down. Amen. We declare that the time of their judgment has come. Every corner of this nation will declare to be the Lord's. Amen. As it is written, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Nigeria is the Lord's. Amen. Africa is the Lord's. Amen. The earth is the Lord's. Amen. In our own domain right here in this nation, we declare Nigeria is the Lord's. Amen. The fullness of this nation belongs to the Lord. Amen. Everyone that dwells in it belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We say, reign, Jesus, reign. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we have declared. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Declare what God is going to do for you today. Now I declare. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. Not spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 See, I can feel it. You're already blessed. Amen. You're already healed. Amen. The door that was locked against somebody, we command it open in Jesus' name. Amen. Victory is your portion. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Take your seats. The Lord is good. All right, um, let's continue looking at no foreign gods. The Lord led him about, he says, and there was no foreign god with him, speaking about Jacob, prophetically about the church of God. The Lord led him about, and there was no foreign god with him. 
said the Lord alone guided him. The Lord alone guided him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, and he ate the produce of the field. He made him suck honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. Now, what am I trying to say? For us to receive the blessing of God, we have to remove every other God. Why God keeps declaring, I am God and there is none else, is not because he's preoccupied with preserving his own prerogative. No, it is because he wants to bless. He said, you shall serve the Lord thy God, and he shall bless your bread and your water. Now, the God that you serve is the one that will bless your bread and your water. If you serve a God that doesn't have control, then you are wasting your time. Those who worship them become like them. That's what the Bible says. You become like the God that you serve. You become like the God, like now, if you are serving the Lord, eventually you become like him. When he created us, it was for the purpose of us becoming the exact image of him. He said it himself. Let us make man in our image and after his, our likeness. And we said the body he formed was a, was a mold. And it was to form the man inside that. When God tells you he wants to do something, many times the first thing you see is not the ultimate thing. That thing is actually what the Bible calls the foretaste and earnest of what he really wants to do. You can see where he is going by what he declares at the beginning. So he says to a man like Abraham, I will make a father of many nations that have made you. Abraham was alone. You understand my point? Just him and his wife. But God said at that point, a father of many nations that have made you. But he began to work with him. A process began in his life. A process began. He developed him until a number of things happened. And most importantly, his faith reached the level where he trusted God absolutely. So that became the main focus of his fatherhood. So that now we are children of Abraham if we are people that walk by faith. We don't have to be carrying the physical genes of Abraham. The spiritual genes of Abraham is what we carry. So indeed now he's a father of many nations. Of course, he has natural descendants. We know about um, Ishmael. We know about the one that had the promise, Isaac. And we know that children came after Isaac, later on, through his other wife that he married after um, um, Sarah was gone. But those are just some nations. I hope you're getting my point. The real thing that God was going after was his spiritual genetic you know, um, offsprings. The spiritual offspring. Those are the things that God was going after. Now, I'm going to say something here. So at the beginning when God said, a father of many nations, I have made you. He now saw the process begin to unfold. In the same manner, when he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Okay? What you saw at the beginning was a mold. He was supposed to now form the spiritual nature of himself into that man that he made. And that was all Satan wanted to scuttle. So, they, so Satan came to, the, to, the, to Adam Come, let us become independent of God. God didn't want an independent man. He wanted somebody that was exactly like himself. So that you see, Jesus will tell you, I and the Father are one. He said to Philip, have you been with me all this while? And you still don't recognize some things. How can you come and say, show us the Father? Even if I was to point the Father out to you, you wouldn't see anything different from what you have seen in me. That's the point he was trying to make. I hope you're getting my point. (laughs) You wouldn't see anything different from what you have seen in me. So that's what God was doing. So when we are worshiping him, we are becoming like him. We have said it several times. God did not create us so that we can worship per se. The way we make it look. No. Worship is a means to what he really wanted. He said, let us make man in our image. That's his aim. Let's make man in our image. He's making us into his image. So if we worship him, we become like him. If we worship other gods, we become like them. And eventually, when the time of their judgment comes, what happens? 
they are destroyed. And everyone that's like them, I hope you're getting my point, they will perish with them. They will perish with them. They will, that's just the way it works. That's the way it works. So let's bear that in mind. That's the purpose of the whole thing. All right? Now, we said no other gods. So remember what I said earlier? There's a spiritual side of the gods, and then there's a the physical side. Those days, people bowed down to idols. They were worshipping other gods. Now, people hardly bow down to idols. Some people still do. It is very, very, it's pretty unlikely. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's pretty unlikely you get to a European country and see people bowing down before an image. Meanwhile, they were champions of it those days. But these days, you're not, you're not likely to find them. Okay? Bowing down beside, uh, before uh, the image of Diana, the goddess. All right? And worshipping before it. They won't. The image, they will not. But the God, they still worship. The image, they may not bother. But that God, they still worship. And that's why you find God, as an example, tell you about the Antichrist, the beast. The mark of the beast is given to those who worship what? The beast and the image. I hope you're getting my point. Because sometimes people worship the image. Others don't worship the image, but they still worship the beast. Now, please bear that in mind. All right? Bear it in mind. So many times we are not buying down to images, but we are still worshiping other gods. These days, other gods are systems. Most of the things people worship these are, are systems. As an example, atheism is a system. I said it's a god. It's a God. It's a matter of faith. For you to say there is no God. See, if people say that as a scientist, there's no proof there is God. There was no proof, physically speaking, that there were black holes when they believed there were black holes. I hope you're getting my point. You say, okay, what about a dinosaur? Most of what they call dinosaurs. Do you know they have never seen the bone of a dinosaur? I hope you get the point. What about the images we see? They are fossils. Those things, if you bring them, that is rock. It's not the real bone. It's rock. Bone does not last forever. After a few decades, it melts and disappears. The weather, the weather will destroy it entirely. The ones that you see are the ones that rock was deposited inside. The thing died in water. Water covered it. So you know, minerals entered into the flesh, and the minerals were preserved. What am I going to say? Don't even think somebody saw a dinosaur. What they saw is the remnants. So what if I said somebody carved it those days? Can you prove me wrong? After all, a stone you are seen. But people believe those things existed. I hope you're getting my point here. The same people now claim that there was, there's no evidence of God. Don't be silly. There's more evidence about God than there is about the black holes that you've never seen. There's more evidence. Every day, if you know, millions of dollars is spent annually looking for life on other planets. They've been doing it for, doing it for decades. There's still no But they keep looking. Why have they not looked for God? For you to say there's no God, you have to have searched every corner of our Milky Way galaxy at, at least. Nobody can do that. It's, it's impossible. So you can't say there's no God. You have not even said the Milky Way galaxy. And the Milky Way galaxy is one galaxy out of over 200 billion other galaxies. <laughs> the closest galaxy to us, you don't even know what's inside it. And if indeed there is a God, one thing is sure about him, you will not be able to detect him with your telescopes. One thing is certain, you will not be able to detect him with any physical implement. After all, the very concept... The other day I was watching this man. In fact, you know, I have a classmate who seems to follow some of these funny people. So I posted, I saw the video somewhere. can't remember where. But I went on YouTube, looked for it, downloaded the video so I could post it to my class group. So I pointed to that guy. I said, my friend, listen to your guy, Richard Dawkins. I said, I've never really listened to him before. I said, it's my first time. I said, the way you guys talk about him, the way you talk about him, the way he's famous, is what they call an evolutionary biologist. I said, I expected somebody who had a lot of sense. I said, this guy is as stupid as you see them come. I told the guy, I said, this is the guy you follow. 
I said, I told you I'm disappointed. He did not pass any comments. Because he was being interviewed by another scientist who also does not believe in God, but he's what they call an agnostic. Is there God? Is there no, is there no God? Did that guy say something? Listen to what I want to say. The other, that is, the other physicist, that one is a physicist. He said something for Dawkins to hear. He was interviewing Dawkins. Dawkins is a biologist who says absolutely, categorically, there is no God. So this guy asked uh, Dawkins. He said, well, people have asked me as a scientist many times about this issue of God. And this way he looks at it. If there is a God, I don't know. Maybe he's the one that put all the laws that as a physicist I'm trying to decipher into motion. He said, I'm happy to be a part of that experience. If there's no God, we're just detecting the laws that made the universe. He said, I'm happy to take, come along on the ride. He said, anytime I say things like that, I look up and say, God, in case you are there, don't be angry with me. And everybody laughs. Even of course, they had a live audience. And then he turned to Dawkins. And I heard one of the most stupid things a man could say. I'm sorry to say it. He said, well, I, I don't subscribe to that kind of viewpoint. You seem to be comfortable with it. I am not. And I was waiting for his reason to explain. He couldn't give me any reason. He had not gone on and on that. He said, for a God to be able to do that, he now said this. He said many things, all of them very stupid. But this was the most stupid of them all. He said, for, for God to be able to do that, set up all those laws, even if it was, there's what they call, um, um, I think it's deism. A deistic God is a God that set the laws in motion and he's set back. So the laws are working. He's not interfering. All right? But this, at least some people say that maybe that's what God is like. So he said, even for him to be like that, listen to this, listen to this, oh. Stupid statement. He said, he must be extremely clever. I said, is that not why we call him God? Did you call him man? Is our, did our Bible not say his understanding is unsearchable? Is that not why we call him God? I took the video, followed it to my class group. I said, I told my guy there. I said, you follow this man, please find somebody else to follow. He can't even think rationally. I said, the guy who's interviewing him, it, what a man who's really honest, that's the best you can say, that maybe I don't know. However, even that's not even honest enough. Because the truth is that if he did not call himself God, we would have looked for him and said, somebody must be there. I mean, think about it. If I were to get to the center of the Sahara Desert, and I dug and I dug under one kilometer thick layer of sand, and I found there, something that remotely looks like my mobile phone. Only one thought comes to mind. Somebody came here before me. Even though the sand contains virtually every element necessary to make my mobile phone, the glass screen is made of silica. Sand. Silicon chips contain silicon. <laughs> in the sand. The silicon. Yet it will not cross my mind that it came about because there was an atomic explosion under the sand. Which caused this thing to happen? They two don't cross my mind. Using crime as an example, if there was a tsunami or an earthquake and buildings collapsed, then after as we are clearing the rubble, in that rubble we see a dead person who was cut into five equal parts. The head here, the part of the right limb and torso here, and then you know, like that, under an earthquake rubble will investigate murder. There's, I mean, the other dead people around, but that this one was properly cut into five parts could not have happened by chance. The earthquake just tried to cover the crime. They will start investigating, is it really earthquake or somebody 
detonated a bomb that shifted the earth crust. Why? Once we find order, we know there has to be intelligence. We know there just has to be intelligence once we find perfect order. And there's nothing as orderly as this life that we are in. Yes, somebody will come and tell me there is no God. That's why I say boldly, atheism is a God. Only a spirit can empower that kind of thought process. And when people refuse to give the Lord thanks, he hands them over to the control of that spirit. Listen, there is God. Somebody say amen. amen. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. Amen. And one day he came in the likeness of man. He came down to this earth and walked the streets of Judea at that time. And we call his name Jesus Christ. It's the reason why we worship him. And we are rejecting every other God. I just tried to describe the God, the atheism God, for us to understand how it works. So there are systems people worship. Anything you pursue aggressively, you are worshiping. Anything you pursue aggressively, you are worshiping. Don't ever forget that. And we are breaking down every other God out of our lives. But the most powerful of all the gods is the one that we are going to break down today. Yes, his name is Mammon. His name is Mammon. I thought about it. There's actually the word Mammon in scripture, the way Jesus used it. I like the word Mammon. I prefer it to money because it helps us get the concept of being a God than when you use the word money. Some portion of the scriptures, with it, some versions of the Bible will give you, use the word mammon. Some use the word money. You cannot serve God and money. But I like the word mammon, which is actually the original word. Because it helps you understand there is a God you are dealing with. You are not dealing with just cash. Okay? Now, when the Bible uses the word mammon, please, I'm going to combine two things this evening for us to understand. And to make it easy for me to explain the word. Actually, in truth, there's a slight difference between the word mammon and covetousness. There's a slight difference. Both of them, I think they are about the same ultimately. In fact, one begets the other. So when Jesus said to us in that book of Matthew, in chapter 6, Take no thought for the morrow, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, where we shall you be clothed. He said, after all these things the Gentiles seek. He said, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. And he began that by saying you cannot serve God and mammon. In verse 26, he says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. And my version uses the word wealth. That is, in fact, I put a comment on it that it's mammon, that the wealth personified as an object of worship. And that's why I like the word mammon. Okay? Now, if you notice next thing, when he began to explain what mammon is, he said, because you cannot serve God and mammon, I tell you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe now the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that if not even Solomon, 
in all his glory, clothed himself like one of these. He said, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles pursue that, they eagerly seek all these things. I didn't notice that. What to earnestly seek. You know that's what I've been saying? Yes, that's what you are worshipping. He said, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom. That is, seek above all. Not as if after that you can seek other things. No. Seek. Let this be your priority. His kingdom. And his righteousness. Let your focus be on that. And all these things will be added. There will be no need to seek them. That's the point. There will be no need to seek them. So do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. Now, why did I read all of this again? Even though quickly. To point out the fact that mammon, this is how it starts. It starts as legitimate quests. It doesn't start as, I, I, me too, I want a Bentley. I said there are two things I'm going to combine. All right? First, this is the fundamental part of mammon. It's about basic necessities, basic survival in life. That's what it is. Basic necessities, basic survival. What shall we eat? Now, once you start that, there is no stopping. You're not getting to covetousness. When you start initially, it's not covetousness. What shall we eat? It's normal. What shall we drink? It's normal. What, with what shall we clothe ourselves? It's normal. That's how it starts. But eventually, sometimes you now see a man begins to pursue that. Then starts acquiring money and laying up wealth on the earth in such a manner that you start wondering, is this fellow all right? It starts acquiring, acquiring, acquiring. When it began, it began shortly. Just, I need to have enough food to eat. That's the one I'm talking about it today. I'm going to combine both. I will not separate them. Because the person who is just looking for, let me have enough food to eat, have a car, have a house, and I'll be okay. You don't feel righteous. You are just as bad as the person who wants a hundred houses, a hundred cars, and who wants to lay up gold in literal, you know, bars. In his basement, because he does not understand how this currency is fluctuating now. The word of today has really taught us that we need to trust God. I've been learning it for a long time, but this, this, in the last few years, I'm learning it even more than ever before. We need to trust God. Let me say this. This is your life. Eh? You see, you just have to, ah, how do I say this? You just have to live for something. You have to throw yourself into something. You have to. And as believers, what you need to do is throw yourself into faith. Determine that I want to follow God, I'll follow him to the end. Now, let me put it like, like this. There's a fatalism that you require to walk by faith. There has to be this, if I perish, let me perish part of it. Our, our, our Lord, our God is able to deliver us. True of us. But you must always add, even if he doesn't, we still will not bow. Many Christians, many people who are practicing faith today, they practice a kind of faith that God has to deliver, otherwise they will deny him. If he doesn't deliver, then he's disappointed. One day I stumbled into a tweet by one young woman. I said, like, I don't know which church you go to. He said, God failed me again. I said, listen, you know, you have to understand, there are statements that can't happen. It's like, say, I'm just coming back from the funeral of God. Does it make any sense? Where are you coming from? I'm coming from Imo. What happened? God died. I went to bury him in, in uh, uh, Olu. 
You know, once you say it, I keep driving because I know they're about to arrest you and take you down to the, or to, uh, the, the psychiatric hospital because something's wrong with you. There are things that cannot happen. You say, I know God lied about this one. You know it's not possible. I hope you're getting my point. Some things are not, you know, I don't know who trained that young lady. But you can understand her mind was working. They said, pray like this, I did. And usually, I can bet money on this. She has given a seed. People don't say that they didn't do something. They told her first fruits. It was an exam she took, she failed. She probably took that exam sometime in February. January salary came in. She made sure it was complete. She gave God first fruits. She tithed regularly for the previous year. Her prophet's offering, complete. Everything. She did everything. Then she wrapped, possibly, her application with mantle. <laughs> you know now. Don't you have neighbors that do such things? Even sprinkled the blood before she entered. She must have done all of those things. That is why she will be shocked. One young man wrote us a letter once. He did all these things. Many of them. He believed God for a new job. So he resigned from the old one. And the new job they didn't give him. So he said, what did he do wrong? I replied, I said, nothing. That's just life. <laughs> Get used to it. That's just life. It's just life. Because you're a believer doesn't mean you get every job you apply for. In fact, the one you sow seeds for is the one you will not get. After all, you, 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 you covetous, unbelieving soul. Is it not because Shell pays so much that you're sowing seeds for their job? A new good state schools management board has been looking for workers. Have you sown seed to get a job? Can't you see the oyoshiness of your soul? <laughs> now say, God, God failed you. How can he fail you? He refused to follow you in your path of covetousness. He said he failed you. This young woman was writing an exam. I think it's ILTS, one of these foreign exams, to be able to go abroad. God said, you are not going. You said he failed you. Who taught her? Who lied to you? Listen, there's a fatalism that faith requires. When I'm following him, let me die. If I perish, I perish. Like I say all the time, I write on my tombstone when I'm dead. This man died believing God. I like it like that. And for goodness sake, what is wrong with people? Don't you see, okay, you look at a Muslim say he doesn't know the true God. He does not know Jesus Christ. Yet, out of zeal for what he knows, he blows himself up. Are you not even ashamed of yourself? Are you not ready to miss a few meals for you, you that know the true God? Your elders in the faith and the knowledge of the true God and the Son, Jesus Christ. Go through what they suffered. People like Paul. Shipwrecked how many times? Floating the deep for how many hours? Flogged how many times? Abba. Then the sign of your own faith is anytime you ask God for something, he brings it. Let me tell you, it's a sign of faith that after he did not bring it, you say, Lord, I love you. You say, why do you love me? You refuse to bring it. That's it. That's what I mean, that it's a kind of fatalism to faith. And that's the fundamental thing. If I perish, I perish. If I perish, it's part of faith. If you don't have it, you can't serve God. 
If you don't have it, listen to me. You can't serve him. I remember the story that Rabbi Zacharias told of a man who, when the communists invaded, invaded, I think, Cambodia, when they took over, was it in Cambodia, one of those places? So, they, they, of course, Americans sent help to evacuate the Americans, and the Americans got their, the missionaries and all of that. So they tried to get this guy out, being a Christian. So the missionaries said, come, let's go, let's go, let's go. They knew what the, uh, the communists would do. They would kill everybody. He gave them his wife, gave them his children, they entered the helicopter. You, come in now. He smiled, they said, you go. That he wants to wait to meet the communists. Why? He said, maybe I can win one. One hour later, he was dead. They drowned him. He didn't regret it. He wasn't sure he would leave. He said, no, but I can't get out of here. An hour later, he was dead. So then I'm coming to tell you a story of, ha, 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 as he began to go. No. He had the opportunity to escape. He gave the missionaries his wife and his children. They put them on helicopters. Americans evacuated them. What about you? He said, maybe I'll be able to win one communist. That's all he wanted. He didn't think he was going to leave. And really, one hour later, he was dead. They didn't shoot him. They drowned him. You think he regretted it? Not one bit. Because one thing is sure. His death is a seed he planted. Those communists will praise the gospel. You think God didn't know what he was doing? God could have delivered him. Let's bear it in mind. Faith is not the way by which I get the finest cars, the finest house, the finest husband, the finest wife, the finest children, the finest money. That's not what faith is. Faith is I will follow God wherever it leads. That is faith. I will follow him wherever it leads. That is what faith is. I will follow him wherever it leads. That is what faith is. I will follow him wherever it leads. Wherever following him leads me, I will go. Wherever he leads me, I will go. If we die in the process... After all, Paul said, to die is what? Gain. Many times Christians live as if everything is on this earth. It's on this earth. They so see the one rewards on this earth. Is, is this earth the last day? <laughs> it's not on the last day Jesus will come and say, I was hungry, you fed me. Why is that? It's now you want him to come and say, I was hungry, you fed me. Pastor, you know I gave offering last week. God will give something to me this week. But is this the last day? It's not now. We want our reward before the day. When I say onyoshiness on people's souls, you are laughing. Can't you see it? Right now, Christianity, very few givers, mostly investors, demanding everything for the seed that they sow. Somebody who really wants to follow the Lord must be ready to die for him. Yes, that's it. That's it. It's like I have started. Where will it reach? I don't know. He called Abraham, come, follow me to a land into which I will be your guide. The man did not know where he was going, yet he left. Let's talk about mammon, which is one we are casting down. Mammon is the opposite. Mammon wants to establish you so that you will know. A friend of mine was moving abroad at a point in time. If it's now, I'm not so nice. Those days, I, was, I used to mind my business a lot. But maybe I genuinely, I was tired, maybe. Maybe that was the issue. I didn't ask him questions, though. It was not as I had talked. Why did you move to the UK is because, you see, there you can plan for your children. And I was looking at him like, are you all right? You see, there, you know, society is arranged. I said, eh. Uh-huh. And he kept on, on and on and on. I said, well, he's not asking my opinion. He's just trying to justify it to himself. 
and which I really don't have any problem with. I've had good people who moved to the UK, who moved to Ukraine. People have moved everywhere. UK, Ukraine, depends on where you stop pronouncing it. <laughs> All right? But that story of because of this and that, please leave that thing. And please, you know, I've lived long enough to know that if you make statements like that, you're very foolish. I went to preach somewhere. Well to do people. A few years ago. One woman there was talking with me. She was pregnant. She wanted to go and deliver her abroad. Her husband said no. The money was not the problem. I don't know whether she was asking whether I could convince the man or what can she tell the man. Did I forgotten what? She was just talking, talking, talking. I was looking at her. Why did the man say no? Now, is the reason why the man said no that I want to remind you of if you have not heard Jesus from my mouth before? Or tell you about if you haven't. That the man said he doesn't want his child to commit suicide. That's all. That this child you want to burn for me, he will not commit suicide. Ah. That's how he's, he has a cousin. Now, so, picking a child that was born abroad, raised, you know, in this structured society where he can plan for the future, woke up one day, shot himself. He was tired of life. And he went and overdosed. Anyway, he killed himself. So this guy looked and said, if that boy had been living in Ajegunle, he would still be like that. If that boy had been in a back leaky, he would still be alive. So the man told his wife, this belay where you get, you're born in this picking where he was not likely to commit suicide. That was all that concerned the man. That you're asking me to give my son the opportunity to be able to take his life anytime he wants. No, this one, give me one where that I can beat sense into him when I feel like now, when he wants to commit suicide, I will think of what I will do to his dead body. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> look, please, I'm just, look, one of our brothers said on the other day, all right, I had a good laugh. He described the problems he had in the first one, in, in the particular week, how he lost, um, he spent a lot of money repairing his uh, generator in his office, and then the man who was um, fixing it, let maybe left a tap open, something like that, and you know how much they are selling diesel now? That's like 140 liters of diesel poured into the gutter. You said you want to kill the... <laughs> you want to kill the guy who did that, you know what I mean? 140 liters of diesel. I'm, even I'm angry, right? Talking about it is annoying me. So his friend now said to him that, well, maybe it's time to relocate abroad. I think you should go to Canada. All this problem. He said, ah, is the answer he gave that I want to talk about. He said, very good advice. I thank you for that advice. He said, but please, before you go, you come and sign an agreement with me that there's no problem where I'm going. Swear to me that this place you are saying I should go to, there are no problems there. But you got the point. So when my friend was talking that day, I just looked. See, there are problems everywhere. You just exchange all you are doing is exchanging one kind of problem for another kind. That's all. You hear me refer to it a number of times over the last few years. Because my classmates put me in the class chat group. Of course, we have fun ch- chatting with each other. There are a lot of Christians there. There are a lot of non-Christians. There are people who are neither not cold. A mixture. You know the way it is. It's class group. It's not church group. Okay? So one day, of course, the, the one that I get on the fight in the fight most concerning is when people start insulting 
Nigeria and the head of state. I didn't know. They will get into the fight all the time, and I'm not planning to stop. So don't advise me, Pastor, don't fight again. That's the only fight I get involved in. That apart from the fight of faith. In fact, that's an extent of my fight of faith. Mm. So one day, one of my friends happened to be a Christian. Was like, you know, they keep on saying, sinner climbs. In, in sinner climbs, where things are sinner, sinner climbs. For, you know the interesting part? I don't know any of those places that is sinner. I don't know. Because I can't understand your sanity. If my son's teacher in school can be a man who decides to dress up like a woman, and he comes out, and there's a professor there somewhere in the UK. She talks, she, 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 she gives what she calls the naked truth. When she wants to talk, it's naked truth. You know what I mean by naked truth? She will come to the platform stark naked. Oh, when I say naked truth, you are waiting for the normal naked truth. It's not your fault. You know, you are, you are in a sinner climb. So, you see, you expect a degree of sanity. This woman stands up. You're not getting my point. She's not wearing... She's not wearing a transparent bra. She wears no brazier, no pants, no pata. You know what they call pata? Even fella with the size of wrap he had, he wore small pata for us. Abi? Mm-hmm. And she's a university professor. Where things are normal. In Sena Clemens, where should she be? Psychiatric hospital. And somebody's telling me that's in that climb. In the Sena climb, a particular district, I think somewhere in, in uh, London, banned skirts. Did you hear what I said? In schools, all secondary school children, you wear trousers. You can't wear skirts anymore. Why? Because they don't want gender confused children to feel discriminated. That's sinner climb. I can continue on and on. A friend of mine, in fact, the one that was talking, I have seen the thing I'm referring to. When he went to hospital with his wife was pregnant, so it's, it's, it's kind of customary that you follow your wife to go and book. Here, we tell the woman, bye-bye, you drop her at the gate. <laughs> Call me when you are finished. Because she will still join the... Did they still do that thing? They will sing. Yes. Uh, be a in the days, they sing that one in the West. They have songs, they sing. Okay, does he sing? Oh, does he sing? They make the women sing. You will clap and sing. And what I love about Southern Nigeria is that you actually worship God. They start with, this is the day that the Lord... They sing. You came to do antinatake. Oh. <laughs> That's what we do in Nigeria. I used to want... Ah, so they, they've been singing since I was a child, though. I see you to see that. Back home those days. You are driving near the general hospital. You see... Plenty of women clapping and singing. It's like worship session. They worship the Lord. They pray for the pregnancy. They sing about breastfeeding. They sing about immunization. They, they prophesy like my Peking will be a BA. You know what they call a BA? Like I don't know a BA. What does a BA mean? Thank you. Ah, you really can speak your I used to doubt you before, but I think. Uh, yeah, that my child will survive. My child will be a surviving child. That's what we do. But anyway, let's get back to my guy's place. When people have their different culture, they say, who's responsible for this pregnancy? We sit during booking and you hold hands. And if you say, last menstrual period, you'll be feeling all those things. Africa will not do that kind of thing. 
We'll pick you up after this. <laughs> so in his own case, when they were feeling this, feeling that, the normal thing we write the woman's name, then you have a place for husband's name. No, their own is partner. When the baby is born, there's always the father, mother, they change it to partner one and partner two. Yeah, because sometimes the pregnant woman, the spouse that comes with her is another woman. Yes. The husband of this pregnant woman is another woman. Now, most importantly, if you criticize that, you lose your job. If you dare to say, what is wrong with you people? They will fire you. If you're a medical person, you can never practice in the United Kingdom. Now, what am I saying about that? Please, please, I'm not here to run your country down in case you are watching from abroad. But I told my classmates, I said, who told you you are a sinner? That's where I'm going. What do you call insanity here? Policeman agrees me on the road and says, please buy me fuel. I know your policeman can't do it. So in that area, you are a sinner. But in Atlanta care, I am a sinner. What do you call sinner? I know, of course, people will be laughing at us that, uh, you know, great failure apparently has ended, ended two days ago, uh, yesterday again. Because now my power has been virtually good since yesterday. But for some days, <laughs> you know, this EDC will just give you like 30 minutes. Say quickly, iron, iron, iron. <laughs> <laughs> and we became good at it. Once the thing comes up, quickly, gather your clothes, we can. When you finish ironing, you hang it. After that, uh, hey, you cannot use your generator to power your fans and your distance. You know? Yeah, I know. It's a problem. People will be laughing. In my mind, that one, nobody should laugh about, about power failure. Because when God wants to give you your own power failure, I want one our power fails. You know, we are used to it. Uh, we have power banks for our phones, rechargeable for everything. On top of that, we have our generator waiting with 30 liters of petrol already reserved. But you are not used to it. When it goes, bam. Confusion. You'll be confused. Now tell you that it's a hurricane that blew this and blew that. I said, God, they just wanted you. One day we'll remove you for one whole month. But we were, you know, the one that happened in Texas, I'll say last year, there's this cold um, spell that brought down power lines and stuff. There was a massive problem, sir. I love that. One guy don't, he don't start generator, they recharge phones. I'm not joking. This was in, in uh, America. <laughs> yes. It was three dollars per charge. I mean, <laughs> I said this guy is a Nigerian. This guy is a Nigerian. No, no, it's not only a Nigerian; he's a Biafran. I mean, this guy he cannot. He's not just a Nigerian. In a few days, the guy, you know, those are things you learn from experience. It's not ah, the guy. Look, ah, when I saw it, I said what? Then I saw if I saw. Queue to buy, to collect water. I said, "What? You see the queue long? Everybody come with jerry can." Or Texas. Listen, it's when God never remember you. That's why you'll be talking nonsense. The day He decides to breathe, all flesh is grass, and the goodness thereof are like the flowers of the field. He said, "The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of God blows upon it." The day God blows upon this, you are making noise about. You feel like a Ukrainian with Russia against you. <laughs> I know what I'm telling you. So I told my friend, I said, listen, what do you call Senakle? What is Senakle? 
Sin in one area, in sin in another area. So I said to my colleagues, I said, people, each person, make up your mind the kind of insanity you want to live with. I said, the one you are living with, I'm sorry, I can't stomach it. My son can't go to school, and his principal is a lesbian married to another woman. It can't happen. I can't stomach it. Maybe you can't. For me, it's better for me to hear that they are cheating in the school. I will teach him not to cheat. And God forbid that he should cheat. It's not good, though. But it is not an abominable sin. It's just a sin. There are abominations. Cheating in the exam is punishable by God. But it does not destroy a land for it. Your ass is always on strike. But even the VC gives the Lord thanks before Senate meeting. Ah, have you not been to Senate meeting before? Okay, okay, you have not been. Sorry, sorry. Chooks, you have been to Senate meetings. Yes. Sorry, he said, okay, sorry. Me, I've been to Senate meetings. <laughs> they will, uh, before they study, who cares that it's an academic environment? The Vatican said, who will pray for us? They will have, they'll have one reverend there to pray. Lord, even though we want to deceive ourselves today, but we pray first. Ah, we don't care that with an academic setting. We will pray. And the funny part is that those who claim they don't believe God, they can't say anything. We will pray, especially this is Eastern Nigeria. We will pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Western Nigeria, they will pray first in Jesus' name, and they will do fatia. They will do the two of them. National events. Have you not seen it? There was a time. I, I went for an event when they were opening an Elim Estate. The vice president came that time. Our vice president that time, under Gulo Jonathan. Namadi Sambo. When he arrived, what is the first thing we did? Of course, we sang the national anthem. And that's the opening prayer that has been the, the, the decree of the federal government that the second stanza of the national anthem is now a prayer. So instead of calling one person and the other, he said, so we all said it, O oh God of creation, direct our noble cause. Guide thou our leaders right. Help our youth is true to know. In truth and love and honesty to grow. And living just and true. Great lofty heights attain until what's the last line? To be the nation where peace and justice will re- shall reign. Some people say, ah, they, they want to remove. I say, say the name of Jesus by yourself. Let the Muslims say Fatia. That is, what the federal government did was that there's no need to be fighting over it. We shall, oh God of creation. We all believe in the God of creation. I said, that's my own sinner claim. To me, that is sanity. I don't care how good the university is. If the foundation is there's no God, I think it's insane. So stop telling me sinner claim just because you have good roads. Stop telling me sinner claim just because you have constant power. And you have broken spiritual flow. This thing has been shared. And listen, whether we like it or not, this world will pass away and everything that's inside it. If Jesus were to come tomorrow... You will find more people from the insane climbs who are caught up with him. Why? Because we have been preaching his word and we are not ashamed of him. Brilliant scientists declare his name loudly without, without fear. You know what I think? I live in a sinner climb. I think I live in a sinner climb. I trust my children to be raised under this climb if I'm not around than the other climb if I'm not around. So I told my people that day, I said, please, we are all living in the form of insanity. Each person should choose the kind of insanity he or she wants to tolerate. 
Stop making me feel as if I live in an insane climate. Your own insanity is worse than mine in my own eyes. I'm feeling sorry for you. A man went to preach in China. When he finished preaching, <laughs> the woman said, pray for us. The man, the man said, no, you pray for us. Why? Because they traveled from different parts of China. Some of them for days to get for that like leadership meeting. And they come into one room, very tightly packed. And they expect him to teach for maybe eight hours nonstop. They didn't come to joke. Many of them don't have Bibles, but they have the whole scripture memorized. If you open to the book of First Peter chapter 1, they don't need to open. They recite it for you. They ask the woman, how did you learn that? I say, oh, that when you're in prison, there's nothing to do. So that they memorize scripture a lot. It's a smuggling piece of paper. They cram the whole thing. So they come into a small house. People are sitting everywhere there's space. On the floor, you know, on the, everywhere they are sitting. And they will sit for maybe 12 hours at a go. So they try to hide from the secret police. So he asked them, say, okay, if we get caught, what will happen? He said, you, you are American. You'll be deported. You are going back home. The rest of us are going to prison. So when they finished, the man was looking at them. Are you sure we are serving the same Lord? Because where I come from, if the hall is not air-conditioned, they will not come. If you pray for more than 45 minutes, they will caution you. Ha! So when the woman said, pray for her, said, no, 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 I can't be praying for you. I'm the one that needs prayer. Please pray for me. Let me go home with your prayer. That no. Uh-huh. We're saying the same, Lord. The person is talking to probably road tra- a train for two days to get there. So they don't have time to waste it. They can't, they can't play. When you say they are coming to preach, you should be ready to preach. They expect you to talk for eight hours without getting tired. You know, little, prosperity is, is evil if you are not careful. Prosperity is very close to satanism. I didn't say it is so. I said what? It's close. Because in Nigeria, we have already said that nonsense also. Churches now do, they say we are doing five services. Each service, the word is preached for 30 minutes. 30 minutes is what they preach for. And we say the church is growing. I like one thing one of my friends said. He said, growth, be careful. He said, cancer is a growth. Though. Yeah. And in case you know, cancer grows faster than normal tissue. <laughs> my friend said, be careful. He said, cancer is a growth. The fact that your number is increasing in the church does not mean you are growing. I digress into that. I know where I got into that from. When somebody told me that I'm going to where I can plan my life. I said, don't lie. You can't, there's no way on this earth you can plan your life. I went to that using an, an example of somebody who planned the life for a young man who shot himself because he was tired of that life that was planned for him. Yes, there's no way you can plan life. You can plan life one way. The person you are planning for, when he grows up, you say, which kind of useless plan is this? Uh, there's somebody I know. The son does he won't very funny thing. We all assume the guy's a brilliant chap. But the way he failed, kept on failing. I said, this boy made up his mind is failing because of his father. So that if you see the plan the father had for him. I know the man didn't give up on the plan. So. I said, one day you will learn. In fact, in my mind, by now, he's just lying to us. I think he has learned. The boy has killed his father's plans. So this plan you made for me, I don't like it. 
There's one guy ahead of his, I think he says in Abba also. He's a doctor. He went to school, studied. His father said he should be a doctor. He said, no problem. He knew the kind of father he had. He said, no, Allah. He read the book. When he graduated, he gave the father the certificate. He said, he wanted a doctor. Take. He now went and learned to be a motor mechanic. Yeah, and they are in the same business right now. He didn't study. Because left to him, he would have gone to do his engineering. The father did not agree. You want to be a doctor? No problem. He did the medicine for the man, graduated, said, Daddy, see the certificate. Say we collected it. Can we now live our life? And I can assure you, with the knowledge of medicine he has, he'll be able to tune engine very well. Yeah. <laughs> Telling you. They, they said that's what the guy is doing now. The, some of these young children are very wicked. We are, look at that killer and bitch sitting down there. You don't know what they are thinking. Say, <laughs> so, Daddy, if you make me study something, I'll graduate too and give you a certificate. And then go and join Hacker Anonymous. <laughs> so me, you know, one of the things that God has left me with that, those things that they don't even bother me. If you come and tell anything that you want to say, I just say, I have a little bounds. I don't say, you must, be, you must be what? Because, okay, let's talk even materially. I keep on asking Nigerians, what did Dangote study? You have to Google it all to find out. And I can assure you, Right now, they study him in MBA schools. You know that's how MBA would behave. Those who they study in MBA did not do MBA. <laughs> you know that way? Sometimes they didn't even go to school. The, the, the man I told you about I met in Lagos. He was telling him that it's very funny that when they were talking, he's a very rich man. He said that, you know, I do that I don't read much because I stopped in primary school, primary six. He said, that's the funny part. That now they now invite him to come and teach business classes because he stopped in primary six. He's like, it's ironic. So that you stop in primary six, so you come and teach us. There must be something you know for your primary six education to take it to where you are. <laughs> he, said, he said, this is now what takes him to places. Now that story that I stopped in primary six is now what they want to hear. That Okay, oh boy, how did you... What happened? Come and tell us something that those who stop in primary six know. That those who have MS, MBA don't know. They, they, they fail in medicine. You know, most of these MBAs, they go and get a job because they didn't go to school. There's one man in one part of, I think it's in Benin, you know, very, plenty of money. So his child went to school, went and did all the clinical, went to Harvard, MBA, and now came over to take off over his father's business. The first year, Papa, they look up. Second year, the Papa, Papa, come. Say, but, 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 <laughs> yes, this was no. This is not how we did this business and we got to this place. The young man was doing restructuring with Agbiro. This one just look like, which kind of thing is it? See, the first year, the father was looking at him. Second year, the father was looking at him. I think the second year, the father said, no, 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 no. He, he removed the guy from heading the company, set him up somewhere in, another, in, in Abuja. Give me a lot of money. So, sit down there. We're using your Harvard MBA there. I beg. I will wait the MBA. Let's use it. I mean, that was what we used to build into this level that we could send you anywhere in the world. What is this one you came and now you're already struck? Do I look like Bill Gates to you? <laughs> oh, what about the other side? Let's not forget it. You can't plan anything. It's part of the mammon spirit. To want to be able to plan things effectively. So as to be able to say that now, by this time my children will do this, I will not do this, will not retire young and retire rich. That is what mammon. What did I call it? 
Now, because, listen to this. Because of that mammonic worship, which is actually the desire for self-preservation, people go into covetousness. What do I mean? A friend of mine told me something once. He said, Banky, I was thinking of how to keep money. He didn't want to keep it in Naira. And he had plenty of it in Naira. I thought I kept it in dollars. Dollar was losing value at that time. And of course, m- many people don't know. If you're a Nigerian, you think dollar's value is, remains high. But if you're an American, you know the value has gone down severely over the last few years. The reason is simply because they printed so much new dollars that naturally it diluted, like I said, it's, it's productivity that increased the value of currency. If you just produce currency without co- commensurate increase in production, you're actually diluting the value of the money. So when the world locks down, yet in the midst of lockdown, America released $2 trillion dollars. Is, is, is like my friend said, he and I were talking, saying, I may just come. Just by the way, can I quickly give you a small gist? That's why you now hear that Apple became a, a $1 trillion company. Within a few years, it became a two, they crossed $2 trillion and dropped back again. You know why? What is this thing that we didn't sell before? It's simple. What happened was that when Americans shared a lot of money, people like my friend, they had money before. So when Americans send them maybe like $2,000, Many homes, maybe you get $2,000 a year, $4,000 because of COVID relief. They didn't need the cash. The only thing they could do with the cash was what? Buy stock. And once you are buying stock, the value keeps increasing. That's why Tesla became wealthy. Tesla sells only half a million cars a year. Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. It's insane. You know, one reason why everything just went through the roof like that for them, everybody became richer, richer, is because the dollar, the value is low. It's been diluted. So the wealthy families that got government relief pumped all their money into the stock market, thereby increasing the value of all the stocks, especially the more happening ones like Tesla, like Amazon, Microsoft. Microsoft makes money all the time. They make money all the time. So the value just had to go up, not because the real production in the company increased, but because there was cheap dollar flying around. My friend told me the other day we were talking, he said, ah, Remember I told you that? I said, is, it, is it the $10,000 they said we should borrow? Is it still lying down there? I don't know what to do with it yet. So that's why if the other guy I was telling about looked at it. He was afraid of keeping his money in dollars. Then he turned around and said, should he keep it in euro? Should he keep it in pounds? Now, this is the way I'm going. He said, Banky, I did not realize I was sweating. That the worry had gotten into him so much. He had so much cash. Well, how do I preserve it for tomorrow? He couldn't find a way. He couldn't lay it up. And I laughed. You know, I laughed not at him, but that the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are so true. They are so true. He said, don't lay up treasure on the earth. Where moth destroys and thieves break in and steal. And he said, you can lay up treasure in heaven. I'll talk about that. What's the point I'm making? Mammon leads to covetousness because when you suddenly want to be preserved, after a while, you don't even know how much to store. I hope you're getting my point. Because you store the million dollars and you know the value is dropping. So you need another million to show off the value of the former million you stored. So you see a man with a million dollars looking for more and you're wondering, is he crazy? The difference between him and you is that you have not eaten enough of the spirit of mammon. That's why he appears crazy. If you had eaten enough of that spirit, you too will be, you'll become crazy. Money has a terrible spirit. One of the first things you must do in life that is 
It's important God does it for you. Pray for, to him for do it for you. It's to cure you of the spirit of mammon. He has a terrible spirit. You see adults misbehaving, be wondering, what is wrong with this individual? Have you noticed? Now, please, I'm not fighting going abroad. You know, I keep on saying that. It's reasons I, I fight. And what are you doing? What are you trying to do? I found that in this our country, the people who run away from the most are those who have money. Those who are not running, they don't have the cash. When God blesses them, they suddenly, you know, the money is never enough. That's the point I'm making. You notice something. You, if you rely on money, it pushes you into greater needs. That's all it does. I like one thing Damon John said in a Shark Tank. I was watching him one day that they are reality TV. People come to look for money from the rich people to fund their, and expand their businesses. Damon John said, look, money doesn't solve problems. He said it only drives you towards a problem in a Bugatti. I hope you can get that. That, that money doesn't solve problems for you. It drives you towards problems in a Bugatti. Very fast, luxuriously. A Bugatti is, as I last I checked, was the most expensive sports car, production car. That was the most expensive. Of course, if somebody wants to build a car for only you, it can be costlier, but they built quite a number at the same time. Bugatti, $2 million. In case you did not know, a Ferrari is $300,000. When I tell you, Bugatti is $1.82 million. Get the point. Boys buy Bugatti just to show that they are not your mate. It's not that they are going anywhere. All the rich boys are driving Ferraris, have you? No, the, the successful, you know, lawyers, doctors, you know, small business owners, those ones drive Porsche. They drive a Porsche. Boys who have made it, they drive Ferraris and Lamborghinis. You understand? So all these small, small millionaires. So that when I'm a big boy, I now look at them. So two of us are now driving. Lamborghini did not think that we are all Otedola's daughters. What did it mean? We have to show that we are not people's daughters. We own the money. So they now go and buy a Bugatti. The whole idea about having a Bugatti is having a Bugatti. Doesn't mean you are going anywhere. <laughs> Where do you want to go? The car is incredibly, unbelievably, that is fast. I don't know how to describe it. It's so fast. No, just give you an idea of what Demon John said. Demon John said, look, forget, money doesn't solve problems for you. It drives you towards problems in the Bugatti. You spend a lot of money to get into more problems. My friend that they told me that he was sweating, thinking about the future for himself and for his children. Many times people in that situation, so you ask some people, sorry, you analyze some people's lives sometimes, say, why is this man still acquiring money? Please feel sorry for him. He has a spirit you don't have. He's worshipping something you are not worshipping. That's why, see, mammon must be dethroned. Mammon, it must be dethroned. You have to kill it out of your life. You have to. You have to. I've tried to explain the relationship between the base fundamental mammon and covetousness. Is that desire for security on the earth that makes people want to lay up treasure. Just lay up treasure. Now, let me say this to you. It is clear from the scriptures that God hates the concept of laying up treasure for security on the earth. If a child of God does it, he will make sure you don't enjoy it. It's a personal issue. Do you understand? God takes it personal. When he says you won't have another God, he wasn't joking. When he says he's a jealous God, 
It wasn't mocking. It wasn't, it's not funny. If it seems that you have reached a place in your life where you have laid up enough treasure on the earth to be able to survive without him, and it's in your heart. Now, I need to say that the foolish man doesn't go outside on the road shouting necessarily, there's no God. Where does he say it? In his heart. I need to say that. The worship of mammon is also a heart thing. Where you dethrone it is inside your heart. If God says in your heart that you have laid up treasure on the earth in such a manner that you feel secure, he ha- you are gar- unless you're not born again. If you're not born again, I'm not preaching to you. I don't know how he's going to handle you. But if you're a believer, he will confound you. He will. He will confound you. He will take the money away when you least expect it. He will make you beg. And that's being kind. If he's really angry, you know what he does? You saw what he did to that man. Say, you fool, this night I will require your soul of you. Then everybody else will learn a lesson. It's not you that's the issue because you are dead, you are dead. It's those that we are living on the earth that we need to teach that this is the wrong way to handle this. What am I going to say? Mammon must be what? Dethroned. I think it's the strongest of the gods on this earth. And the reason is because it spans both ends. You think it's the rich people that are mammonic in their worship, except that it's not so. The poor are as mammonic. In fact, they probably are more mammonic. The only thing that takes mammon away from you is faith. And faith is available for both the poor and the rich. Mammon is that desire to have earthly security in material things. That is, material things constitute for somebody earthly security. Somebody whom mammon has been removed from his life. Not, if you offer a job that's half a million a month and offer one that's 50,000, really, when it's ha- finally hard to decide, you'll be like, ah, are you thinking about it? Yes, he's thinking about it because what's impressing you is not impressing him. He's checking many things because you told him that the job requires him to leave Enugu and go to Lagos. He's like, ah, eh, in his mind, which church will I be going? You're like, ah, when, I get it, when you get it, you find now. No, ah, what if I forget and I can't find? It's so str- And you're looking at it like, what? You know, <laughs> let me remind you of this story that happened years ago. When my wife was pregnant with, I think it was Akinlu. So her mother asked her, her mother, asked her whether she would like to go and deliver abroad. Of course, natural thing, you want to go and deliver abroad, what is it? Who will be excited? If you will not be excited here, put up your hand. I mean, not guys who are telling you, are you going to deliver anything? <laughs> Talking about the women. So, you know, like, ah, he said, okay, uh, you just going to her sister lives abroad, her elder sister. That you go and visit your sister, you know, stay for some time, and then you deliver and all of that. Ah. So my wife was so excited about it, like, hey, hey, oh, we're going, we're going, we're going abroad, we're going to stay for some time. You know what she was thinking about? The trip. She was not thinking about, I can look looking like, what? You denied me a British passport? I did. <laughs> not me, your mother, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So my wife was just talking about my mom and said, so, you know, just normal gist. Ah, she was so excited about it. She was like, ah, she's going to call me, you know, tell me about it. Uh, that has got the offer. She now asked her mother, like, how long after delivering will I come back? So gist now went into, like, maybe like six weeks, stuff like that. So my wife was looking like, 
So my husband will not see his child for how many weeks? So I wonder, like, is that a problem? Yes, it's a problem. So forget, that's it. They close the idea. The only thing she was like, ah, how how man go born in first became? You know, see, for the first few weeks, that in her mind, you said, check him. Is it good? Now, I don't know whether you're getting what I'm trying to paint up, paint here. So an average person, ah, what is six weeks? <laughs> no, it was too weighty. As far as she was concerned. Why? Because the idea of living abroad for her had no weight. It had no, if I remember what her mother told her, I said, that you and your husband, you are strange people. Her, her own mother told her that you two of you are very strange. Is that, you know, this is something that other people jump at. Of course, you know, if you, if you ask me directly, my answer would have been no. It's because you didn't ask me directly. And you, you say, Pastor Banky, why? I'll tell you why. This, by the way, there was no chance she was going. There was no chance. All right? So it's just that like this discussion happened before I got involved. You say, why? I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. Not because I, I can't let my wife go away for some weeks. Or one or two months. It's just that next time I want to preach, you'll be laughing at me. Is that laughter I don't want? That's all. <laughs> Look, I'm a fighter, a dire person. All of us go born for this country. <laughs> the children go grow, they go develop. Because I don't want those who are following me to be confused. No, that, that, that was my own reason. I was like, hey, 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 my, my wife, we are leading people. We are leading people, most of whom cannot, to even get to UNTH, it's a, it's, it's a prayer point. Now, we get, what, what, what are you laying in front of them? No, that, that's, some of the decisions I make, that's the reason why I say, no, no, people are copying me. Leave it. Let them deliver with joy in Park Lane. Let them deliver in joy with UNT. Let them be my friends hospital. Blessed assurance. Go there. You will be your children will still be in fact blessed assurance <laughs> on that child. I'm talking about weight. So for some people, no. This, for, for her, it was nothing. That was, all this happened before I got involved. Just say, eh, so I will not stay away for how many weeks? She just said, no, I beg, forget it. Let me go and burn JJ. Where are they? Because the truth is that it does not affect where any of these children will get to. No, it doesn't. Ali Kudangut is not God. That is God. But he's a Nigerian citizen. That is just black man. So let's leave it there. Then the lesson for the fig tree. That's my own. I hope you know citizenship all over the world is for sale. Yes. If you... If I could, I'm going to be an American citizen. It's not hard. Just carry $5 million. Just buy one, one other house or buy one spot, sporting t- one club. You know the way they are selling Chelsea on sell Chelsea? Just buy, just buy one business there. As long as you buy, they give you permanent residency. You stay there up and just be there most of the, a lot for the next few years. You apply for citizenship. Oh, oh boy, that is the end of it. This world, everything is for sale. So if, if, if money can buy things, God can make them happen. And there is something that God does not like. I say it again. He doesn't like you to have confidence in anything apart from him. 
There are people that have confidence in their American or British passport. And God will make, at the end of the day today, the demand God will make of you is go and return it. Put it in an envelope. Courier to the American embassy say, I'm not doing again. Fill a few forms. Why? I have realized that anytime I'm praying, my confidence is in it. So I want to follow God and follow him alone. This is God in my life. You know, Jesus says something. It may be your right eye. You pluck it out. It may be your right hand. Pluck it out. He said, people have been made eunuchs for the kingdom's sake. Now, I used to hear that. I used to say, what? what? Now I understand why. You know what it means, eunuch? Okay, people don't know. If your eye is making you stumble, pluck it out. Your right hand, pluck it out. Your testicles, <laughs> mm. do the will of God. So you can, you can be sure, passport is the smallest thing that God collects. Let's say, give me the passport. Into that fire. Throw it. In fact, you throw it in the fire, you can get another one. Because you know, return it. When you return it, to get another one, it's hard. If you throw it in the fire, it's not hard. You just apply after some process, you get another one. But if you write a letter and return it, whoo, it's gone. God says, return it. Return it. Why do I want you to return it? You see, the thing in itself is not a problem. It's a mammon that you have turned it to. That is my issue. And that's what God is saying. Today, we, we must, mammon must be dethroned. Amen. It must be dethroned. Remember I said, it's in the heart. It's in the heart that we dethrone mammon. It's in the heart. Because of the way people are, you know, a lot of things people practice on this side. Let me just quickly say this. You know, following the Lord, eh? It's an aggressive pursuit. You have to be aggressive about it. You have to be aggressive. What, I'm tra- what I mean is that it's not a passive thing. You have to wake up at night and pray, God, how do I follow you? In my health, how do I follow you? In my business, how do I follow you? In my career, how do I follow you? In my ministry, how do I follow you? In my walking, physical walking around, jogging, how do I follow you? In my eating, how do I follow you? You have to be aggressive. In that pursuit. You know why? Because the world builds systems around us all the time. Without realizing it. They're just sucked in. And the systems they build are very reasonable. And often they are built on rejection of divine counsel. Please let me quickly say this one before I get into the main thing I wanted to say. As a church, as a group of people, we have to be careful. Let me, give, let me explain what I say. You know, this is just an illustration though. If you go to a typical so-called senior climb, they have pension schemes. Do you get my point? Yeah, pension schemes. You invest in a pension scheme, and um, so the rest of your life, they keep on paying you money. British scheme is very, very good, very, very effective. works very well. Americans have this, is it 401k, they call it. There are different ways you lay money outside when you are young, when you are working, for the times you will not be able to work again. All right? American one is not as good as the British one, especially because the American system does not rely on this universal health care that the British people have. The British people, you have universal health forever. It's not wonderful. For example, if you are sick, go and see the doctor, you have only 15 minutes. Do you know what I said? You know, in Nigeria, once you enter that office, until you are finished. You're not going anywhere. You're going to sit down with that guy. Especially when it's a private hospital. He can't drive you. <laughs> Doc, you see, my son in America now called. That day he now called. 
but my back was not paining. I was telling him, he said that to hear the family story, 15 minutes. So the doctor now said, okay, okay. <laughs> then the leg, the leg will not be pulling me like this. So the leg is pulling you to where? It's like he's pulling me. The doctor can, you can be with the guy for one hour. The British system allows you 15 minutes. And you can't have two complaints. If it's your eye that's paining you, you'll have registered you want to come with eye pain. If leg pain develops along the line, you can't tell the doctor about that. You come, you tell him about the eye pain. They quickly do some things for you. About the leg pain, he said, no, go and book another, another appointment for the leg pain. So that may be another two weeks before you can see him about the leg pain. And if you die in that process, well... When the leg pain wants to kill you, as you are going to just fall down there. That's the only way to get to see a doctor sometimes. Just like you just collapse on the road. And they will call ambulance, carry you to emergency, the doctor will see you immediately. Well, the reason is because there are so many people using the, you know, it, it, the system is free. So, so many people are on the system. Most of our own, we just go to a chemist, mix something. Then, either you get cured because of the medicine, or you get cured in spite of the medicine. One way or the other, life keeps on going. <laughs> but uh, because you are the one paying. So that's why you stay with the doctor for one hour, because you are paying, so you can't talk. Uh-huh. British system is not that. Um, it's, 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 so the American system, for that reason, you can save up well and still go bankrupt. If you have a major problem, you have a, you have a legal problem, you have a serious disease, and your health insurance can no longer be covered by your pension payment, there are so many things that make their own not as good as the British one. But where I'm going is that the world actually has so many systems in which when you are working, you keep money on the earth to take care of you when you can't work anymore. Something you don't find anywhere in scripture. Now, when you're able to abide by scripture sometimes, it's crazy. Like, ah, how do you explain it? Now, first, scripture is always correct. The word of God is always true. But I want to say something. On the social aspect, when God tells us things, usually doesn't tell us only one thing. It tells us many things. What do I mean? You see, David will say, or is it David or Solomon? Children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. And blessed is the man to have, that has a quiver full of them. The world will first start saying to you, it's a useless idea to have more than one, or at most two. Do you get my point? But they don't connect it with the reason why they need to have money laid aside on the earth. When God said, blessed is a man that has a quiver full, he also said, honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with you. And Jesus said, the honor he was talking about is not bowed down to your father and your mother. That's an introduction to honor. He said, a man, he said, you make the word of God of no effect. By making people not give to their parents, they say they are giving to God. They said, this is Koban. He said, so when you don't give to their parents because of your teaching, what have you done? You have invalidated the word of God by your tradition. What was that word he said? Honor your father and your mother. So the commandment of Jesus, actually, to Israel, when he said, honor your father and your mother, was take care of your parents. was a direct commandment. So the word fragments everything. So they don't have a tight family system. A boy graduates from school, sees his father maybe once in five years. The mother is the person she sees the most, that's once in three years. Doesn't send him a dime because he has to pay students' loan and they are supposed to have their own 401k. So a system has been created for the world 
Meanwhile, God actually created his own system. His own system was very simple. He said, it's a blessing to have five, six children. It's a blessing. You know, my mother is retired, as you can imagine. She's 83 this year. You know, <laughs> she only collects her pension money so that they will know she's still alive to collect. There's no other reason. She doesn't need the money. She has five children who all take care of her. That is not, is, is, do you get my point? It's not, um, oh yeah, she has pension money coming in. But what pension pays, gives her in a month is not close to what I own, I own alone give. I don't know what my other siblings give. Just say, ah, this is my phone, Seth. Ah, I tell my president, say, sorry, I couldn't answer you because this phone when I'm, is not so responsive anymore. I called one of my siblings. Go to the phone shop. Price one good phone that mommy will like. How much is it? She told me. I ordered the money plus money to send it home. So, mommy, your phone is coming. She'll get it by Monday. It's not a discussion. You know, it's not a discussion point. It's not, I'll deduct it from the money I was going to send to you. Am I mad? You won't go to kill me. You're just going to go, you'll give you stuff. Say, Lord, why did you do that? It's to cure your foolishness. It's one of the reasons why God says a blessing to have what? But this one, the world will say, no, no. And they will follow this a system that invalidated the word of God. You don't realize that God actually has a lot of things planned. Now, this is only on the surface. Spiritually, he has deeper things planned. There are times he will look and say, I will give you children that you did not give birth to naturally. Listen, when I pray for my children, I always say the Lord, I have two sets of children. And Jesus said it is in scripture like that. Abraham like, like that. I'm just like Abraham. There are physical children. And then there are spiritual children. That's the way he does it. And God gave all these children a commandment. Honor your father and your mother. Having read my Bible, that was God's pension scheme. That was God's pension scheme. Say, so why are you laying up treasure on the earth? For what? So just bless people and live your life. I will take care of you. I will use people to take care of you. I will put you in a community. I will bless you so much. You know, we build a system for people who don't care about their neighbors. I've been in systems of, forget this, or the one I just told you now, physical, just trying to explain, that was just to explain the principle. But I've been in systems where, you know, one of our brothers passed on about two days ago. So I was talking about courage. I was just saying, that, ah, you know, that brethren were, let me summarize like this. God used brethren. And I've been in systems like that. They say, oh, somebody's going for treatment. How much is, it, is needed? They say, okay, one round of treatment is 500000 It needs like four rounds. So like, okay, how much money have we collected? So the first two rounds are complete. You say, okay, send the money to them. Most people who, who are paying, they don't even, they don't, they don't even, they can't even identify the person they are giving the money to. <laughs> and it's not a big deal. And, and it's not a big deal. It's called family. It's called family. And one of the things I've learned about Christianity, God draws families beyond the natural boundaries. Yes, he does. He does. He draws families beyond the natural boundaries. Listen, you know, the problem is that we reject God. That's the problem. We reject him a lot. We reject his system. We reject the method. We carry some, sorry to use the word, some devilish principles and run with it. Then we see some of their systems they created to solve their own problems they created 
because of their neglect or rejection of the commandments of God, who think is earthly wisdom. It's not wisdom. It's called from the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. They are walking on an accursed earth. Every time you reject the word of God, the earth under you is cursed. Every time you reject the word of God, the earth upon which you walk is cursed. Every time. The only way to activate the blessing in this earth is to seek divine counsel. Is to seek the word of Christ. And blessed are ye if you do them. That's what he said. You know what he said? Don't worry about tomorrow. When Jesus said don't worry about tomorrow, by refusing to worry about tomorrow, the earth starts yielding for you. You have not even done anything. No. All you have just done that in your heart, you said, I will not worry about tomorrow. And the earth just starts yielding. As soon as I said at the beginning, let me say it again. Make up your mind this life. Eh? You will die for something. When I say die now, you will live and die for something. And that is faith in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm just going to walk with him. Let me just, let me, let me die there. Let me die with the Lord. Let me die there. Let me die with the Lord. I'm not going anywhere else. I will believe him. I will walk with him. Let me die there. Let me take his word and walk by them. Like I keep on saying, the worst that will happen is he will die. And then tell your friends, please, when I'm dead, write it there. This guy walked by faith and he died believing God. Leave it like that. The worst that will happen is die a few years early. Your, your, your friends who are doing everything, they die, they, half of that, they just 75, they are dead. That's a half. Maybe more than half. So maybe you just die at the age of what? What's the matter between 75 and 40? When there is one million years to use to learn what eternity is like. Did you hear what I said? So, just, so what's the big deal? One of the things I'm, in quote, scared of is you get to heaven. In fact, I'm, I adjust my life these days based on that for many reasons. You get to heaven and God said, you didn't have to suffer like this. Say, Lord, what do you mean? If only you had done it the way I said it, look at what would have happened. You'll have had this kind of ease. You were walking from this time to this time. I did not expect you to walk that long. You're supposed to have two extra hours of sleep. One hour of laughing with your wife or your friends on the average every day. You're supposed to get this extra amount of time of worship and study the word. But because you thought you had sense, you labored like this. Look at you. I don't want that thing. I don't want to get to heaven and Jesus will be telling me, look at you, foolish boy. That but I told you is the one I don't like. I told you, do this, do this. If you had done, you know what he said? If you had hearkened, he said, all that you will have hearkened unto me. He said, your well-being will have been like the ocean or, and your righteousness like the, how did he say it again? Who can remember that scripture? I've not read it in a very long time. He said, all that you will have hearkened unto me. Let me see whether I can find it. Yes, Isaiah 48 verse 18. He said, oh, that you had listened to my commands, then you will have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea. Ooh. Did you hear that? <laughs> That's what he said. That's Isaiah chapter 48, verse 18. He said, if only you had paid attention. You know, I told you what God said is what? Pay attention. If only you had paid attention to my commandments, then your well-being will have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. That's one thing I don't want to hear when I get to heaven. 
I want to hear it now. I hope you're getting my point. I want to correct myself now. I was God saying, leave mammon alone. I heard something today, and I feel like just sharing with us. It's a bad thing, no? So don't, don't have your ears open like, let me learn something, some keys. The particular church, who mentioned their name, was talking with Pastor Jackson that came to, uh, for, to town for a program. And he said most of the Ponzi schemes and all these uh, MMM-like things that's happened in Nigeria in recent times, there's a particular church that most of the people that do it, that EFC has locked them up now, or they are looking for them, said they are from a particular church. I said, it is clear the church is worshipping mammon. Let me tell you a sign that you are worshipping mammon. Now, let me quickly say this before I say that. Last time we said, Solomon did not deny God. Though. I hope you know that. What did he do? He added. He added. Most of the Israelites didn't deny Jehovah their Lord. They did what? They added. And that we Christians oftentimes, we add. We come to, to church and we shout Jesus is Lord, but we add. So bear that in mind. It's those additions we must remove. One of the ways you know you are worshipping mammon is you love quick money. Number one way to dethrone mammon, hate. No, see, I didn't say don't love quick, mo- quick money. That's it. So. What did I say? Spell it. H-A-T-E. Hate. Hate. Hate quick gain. If they tell you, ah, oh boy, find a hundred thousand. We'll put it in this thing. In three weeks, each one of us will have a millionaire. Tell them the quickness of that gain is the reason why I don't want it. Now, your friends will get it. I'm not saying if you do it now, you may die. No. That those who did it, they died. No. They will get, they will build houses. But say, Lord, this house was from quick gain. I don't want it. I want every young man, young woman here, please, if you can, get the message Pastor Jackson preached this morning at that program. Because very practical about things. If I told myself I'm going to get it for my kids. All people need it also. Oh, just by the way. So my buyer did this world. You see? You are 50, you are still looking for quick money. You know? Did they freeze your brain all these years you've been growing up? Shouldn't you know that by now there's nothing like that? If you are looking for quick money, you are worshipping mammon. You are worshipping mammon. And I'm giving you how to dethrone mammon. Hate quick money. The concept of let me bet and get money is a sign that you are in bondage to mammon. Did you hear what I said? That is, you know I've said it before. Everybody, please bring out your phone. Even if you are online. Don't put it on, no. Just bring it out. Bring out your phone. Hold it. This is my own. I know most of you, that's where your Bible is, so there's nothing. And you are coming to a ministry where the pastor said there's nothing wrong with it. As long as your screen is not too tiny. Let me be changed. This is, are there tiny screens anymore? There's no tiny screen. All the screens are massive. See the screen. 35 inch. <laughs> Some people carry television around. They call it phone. <laughs> now bring out your phone, everybody. Even if you're online, bring out the phone. Hold it. Look at the phone. Now, just ask yourself, is there a betting app in this phone? Don't answer me. Just ask. You know the truth. Look at the way Perez is looking. He said, they have phone I don't have. <laughs> you know, you know, Omena is thinking, you know what my daughter is thinking? This year is my year of phoning. 
Seek you first passing jump. And other, other phones shall be added onto the, the house. No, they ain't getting phones until, they, until you leave secondary school. Yes, it's not like I can't afford it. I can afford television as phone for them. But I won't give you. <laughs> it's my law. You know, in the house, I'm Igba Kiji Osha. You know what that means? Second, a command to God. <laughs> so I said, no phone for you until you leave secondary school. And if you don't pass, I still won't give you phone. So better go and read and pass. If only to get a phone. <laughs> okay, so the Lord is good. Oh yeah, look at your phone. Old and young, because I'm old people, eh? I see the bet. If there's a betting app inside that phone, I command you right now, uninstall it. Not later. Now, put it on and uninstall in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you don't install, you have disobeyed God. You'll be punished for it. If you have a betting app on your phone, that phone will die by fire. Amen. Die. Amen. Die. Amen. die. Die. Some assault and scatter. <laughs> Every betting app is an altar of mammon. Any money you give to them is used in worship of mammon. They are satanic agents. You go and ask JJ Okoja. Then they come and bet. Tell her, I say, God punish him. Ask him, was he betting when he was playing ball? When he was waking up early to go and train. Was that how he became rich? Now tell us to come and bet. JJ, you are misleading young people. You can inactivate my curse, remove your face from the, from the nonsense. Why can't you go and advertise lesson, jam lesson? Online learning platform. Coding academies. Go and learn. Go and advertise down with your fine face. We know you are handsome. It is better you want to use your career football to advertise to us. Just to let him know that we are angry with him. Don't mislead our young people. You are a fine athlete. We appreciated you. Don't come home and mislead our young. It's to bet you want to teach our young people. You make yourself a messenger of mammon. Come on, use your face responsibly. Advertise perfume. Advertise fine, fine clothes. You understand my point? Decent dressing. Advertise, if I advertise football brand, say this ball, if you shoot it, it will enter the right upper corner. Then all our boys will go and buy. Even if they it may not enter the place, but at least they will try. Now tell us that. We'll give you, you know, have you ever heard this of bonus or registration? If you believe that in your head is not working, <laughs> you collect the bonus. As soon as the bed, they collect their money back. It's not the algorithm. They know the bonus money they gave you now. As soon as you put it under, so collect our money back. Just, and if, if you win with that money, you can be sure that they have sunk a demonic spirit into your gallbladder. <laughs> Went down your mouth, your sophagus, stomach, duodenum. 
Enter the ampulla of butter, came on. Oh, don't hook you. That is, you're not coming out. Only Jesus can deliver you. You wake up at night, bet. Where's your money? You bet. Hate quick gain. Where does it? Hate it. Not, I mean, hate it. When you say it says, I hate you, I don't want. If somebody comes to the business, this business makes money fast. Tell them I don't like it. See, that fast is the problem I have with it. Say so it's, it's fast. Say so I don't like fast money. I don't need to tell you that if you're a young Christian man and you join Yahoo Boys, your own prison sentence is short. You'll be so surprised that only $100 now you thief. Yet FBI is looking for you. It's my fault. It's me. Me and Jesus Christ. But me, Banky. We pray for you that if you steal a hundred dollars, you go to prison in America. I hope you are hearing me. And if you are a thief, if you give to Kingdom World Ministries, may the Lord punish you. Say amen. Amen. That car you bought with the rest of the money, it will jam. You will survive, but it will catch fire, explode. You will miraculously survive. Why? You went and stole, and you now give to us to preach. Now we, we provoke. We're angry with you. Evil spirit. You know, there are people, like me and Bishop we're discussing today, they give to a church so that God will forgive them. Let me just tell you about Kingdom World Ministries and Banky, Pastor Banky. If you're a thief, any money you give to us so that God can forgive you, we double your punishment. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. So that you won't come here. Listen, if you're a criminal, don't greet me on the road and say, my pastor, the day you say it, you go to jail next, next week, you're in jail. I told you, I've seen adulterers who see me and say, my pastor. Me? How can I be your pastor? Why are you accusing me of committing adultery? If I was your pastor, you wouldn't be doing what you are doing. You have your pastor, the devil. You have your pastor, the devil. Don't come and call my name. I said, I listen to you a lot. And you're impregnating young girls. You listen to me a lot. You have told me my ministry is ineffective. Because if my ministry was effective in your life, you would have been potent by now. Who <laughs> ah! will do iniquity and calling me their pastor? So that nonsense. Even if you listen to me, don't tell me until you have repented. Rubbish. Please, if you are a Christian, hate quick gain. When they are sharing money, they shouldn't call your name. You don't want to go there. I hope you are following the point I'm making. That is number one rule for dethroning mammon. You must hate quick gain. Another rule, I don't know whether I will come back to it later, depending on how much time I have. Or let me see how far I will go today. There are so many of them, I don't want to give them numbers. I'll just keep talking. Number one, you must hate quick gain. We have established it. When I say quick gain, it's trying to do anything just so you can become rich quick. There's no need to want to be rich quick. When you wake up in the morning, you are going out. It's not, I'm going to look for money. No, I want to go and be a blessing. Labor is good. Okay, let me give number two rules. God doesn't want you to look at anything you are doing as a source of your sustenance. Whatever you are doing, see it as a source of faithfulness, as a place of faithfulness. 
as a place in which you are emitting blessing to people. Let's go over some rules we have discussed here many times before. I hope I can remember them. And I'll remember a number of them. So why do Christians do business? There are a number of reasons. Number one, so that they can be a blessing. So they can be a blessing. Through your activities, you can help solve problems. Something is not available, you make it available. I remember when I first came to Enugu those days, you'll be surprised if I tell you this. I wanted to start a bookshop. Pastor Banky? Yes, I wanted to start a bookshop. There was just one reason. I went around Enugu. I couldn't find where to buy good Christian books. I came from Lagos where um, the cross wasn't too far from me. Ify Music wasn't too far from me. Latana was on the island. There were many places apart from, there was, you know, in Ojuelek, but there are bookshops, you know, Christian bookshops everywhere where you found almost any book you ever heard of. I came to Enugu, I couldn't find. There are one or two Christian bookshops. You go there, you, you see some British books, brown paper, tiny print. You know, this book has been in this shop for like 18 years. Books that we needed to read were not available. So I started looking for space. I said I wanted to open a bookshop. I wasn't looking for money. I just said, ah, ah, ain't a whole city like this. And I was not joking about it. I meant it. I was not looking for money. I just wanted to make books available in the city. But God said, no, it's not necessary. So a friend of mine, after we talked about this for months, months, then one day, he called me, hey, Frankie, there's this new, one new bookshop in, uh, in, in, on the way to Transekulu. In fact, the woman who owned the bookshop attached me this Bible. This Bible, this Bible, her name, if I show it to you, her name, I won't mention it now, we're online. Her name is on the cover. Because she had her name there, she now wrote my name. This Bible was presented, put her name in there. The day I found out that that book was there in town, so I went there. So I started buying books from there. I even gave them my tracts, and that we became friends. So, in the, so I was looking to buy, because you all know I use the American Standard. I was looking for it to buy. She did not have. So I kept on coming back. Do you have now? I said, look, this man. So I have a personal copy. Would you like to receive it? I said, yes. So she handed me this one. I still have it. I told her, she wrote, wrote write your name on it, man. I don't want to ever forget. You see, in fact, you see some underlining and notes that she made in the Bible before she gave to me. Now, I'm not going to say something here. I wasn't looking for money. So the moment I saw that bookshop, all I did was advertise it. Told everybody about it. And then I dropped my idea. Now, I'm just as an illustration to let you know that sometimes you can do something because you want to bless people. That should be the first. There are times people say they want to start a business. Like, okay, why this one? I mean, show me something you want to add. You want to go to a market where 300 people are selling print. I say, okay, why do you want to join them? I'm not saying selling print is bad. I'm just asking you a simple question. Why do you want to join? If you cannot think of anything you will add, I tell Christian, I beg, go and do something else. Fine. There must be something you want to add. There must be. So number one reason Christians do business is what? To be a blessing. Another reason, to establish righteousness. We're not teaching details now. You just want to correct the way things are being done. You're in a particular field. No, people are not doing it properly. That's why, you see, if you don't get these things right, you can easily be corrupted. If you say, the reason why I want to come in here is to make sure this thing is done the proper way. Go and read My Life and Work by Harry Ford. You'll see. 
he started manufacturing cars to teach people. He said the success of the Ford Motor Company is not about the machines that carry the name Ford. He said it's about a set of business principles. He said it's, the company succeeded to prove that I was right. Same thing with Mary Kay Ash. When she began her cosmetics business, she was not trying to sell cosmetics. She was trying to teach people how to market. That marketing has a certain set of rules. You guys are not using them. She wrote a book on marketing and then said, why would anybody read it? They don't even know who you are. It's okay, let me go and practice the thing. What can we market? All right, let us market cosmetics. That's how she became what she became. So number two reason Christians do business is to establish righteousness, the right way of doing things. Number three reason, to improve your own life, all right, because it's as you interact with people that you keep getting better as an individual. That's number three I've mentioned, right? Then number four, I've thought about it many times. Give me another one. Ah, hey, hey. People say they've been listening to me. They listen to me now. I'm asking questions. I gave like five. I know the fifth one. I, I, want, I think there's a fourth one. To make a name for the Lord. It's important. Whatever you do, make a name for the Lord. I don't mean notoriety. You know, some people just say, in this market, none of my neighbors can have a girlfriend. Start fighting an adulterer that's three shops down. Is that, you know, some people do what they call tear pulling. What they call tear pulling. Just be yakking away at everything that looks wrong that doesn't even concern you. No one has to make a name. It's your own integrity. Your faithfulness. Let, it, let people know that I don't know. If you give that guy money, the money will be complete. And you, listen, sometimes you do that. It will pay you. Oh, God. I was talking to, was he, was he in Canada discussing one guy a few days ago? I said, I doesn't understand. That this situation right now, you are driving a car. I said, why should you be driving a car? Sell it and solve integrity matters. Come on, jump from one bus to KK and taxi for some time. Are you driving fine motor when you have integrity at stake? Meanwhile, if you get money, you can solve all of these things. What are you doing driving? I said, come on, sell the car and solve these integrity issues. A Christian goes out to make a name for the Lord. And of course, last of all, your business is one way by which God multiplies your seed for sowing, talking about cash, and increases the harvest of your righteousness. Okay? So, of course, I believe to manage money is also one of the things that Christians must get involved in. So we do business for those reasons. If you are doing business for another set of reasons, it's likely mammon is what you are worshipping. A Christian shouldn't see whatever he or she is doing, first of all, as a source of money. Find out that things is important. Do you know God can actually give, this is his own idea, God's idea. He sends money to Christians free of charge. Yeah. The only reason why he doesn't do it as much as we would have loved to see it is that he doesn't want to breed lazy people. So he can be diligent in that area and then starts giving you free money from somewhere else. Don't ever think that you can now resign from your diligence because free money is coming. God will cut. He will so cut it off. Please, I hope you're getting my point. We dethrone mammon. And that way we dethrone. Remember, it's in our hearts. It's in our hearts. Mammon builds in the hearts. It's in the house where dethroning mammon. And that way by which you dethrone mammon. Let's just read this one. Second Timothy. First Timothy, sorry, chapter 6. I'll stop in a moment. If there's anything I didn't finish, I'll review this next time. First Timothy chapter 6. Paul said, well, let me just back up. Where I want is from verse 17, but 
Let me just start from verse 12. I'll rush to, when I get to 17, I'll slow down. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things. And of Christ Jesus who testified the good confession before Pontius Pilate. That you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. Whom no man has seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but to fix their hope on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. When they do this, what are they doing? Storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. What was Paul saying to to Timothy here? I'll say this and then I'll close. Generosity is a sign of detriment of mammon. Anyone who is not generous, who is not ready to share, remember readiness to share is what Paul said here. A readiness to share. Readiness to share is what I'm saying. The reason why people can't share is because they have trust in that this money will do something for me tomorrow. One way by which you dethrone mammon is readiness to share. I said, look, when we are following God, we have to be aggressive in in it. We have to be what? Aggressive. Aggressive. There are times you just take money. So this money, what are you doing there lying down? I don't know. It's not much. It can be 10,000. It can be 2,000. It can be 5 million. What are you doing? I want to waste it. I'm not kidding what I'm telling you. I said, I want to waste it. How do you want to waste it? I'm going to give these people this. I'll give this person this one. My friends and I will go out and eat this one. We'll drive to Okigwe to go and buy suya. <laughs> and just eat. We'll sit down, we'll just drink. Just eat. Say, today's, today's my birthday plus six weeks. So, just come. I want to thank God that we did not die on the birthday. Six weeks later, we are still alive. Come on, everybody meet in my house. They won't know what you are doing. Just want to say shame on money. Look at money, you will not control my life. Sometimes we do that. I'm not kidding about that. One of the things you must do is learn to do... Look, anytime you have money and there's need for today, either personal or, you know, opportunity to do good, meet it. Ah, don't say this one at least. I'll use this one to eat for the next six weeks. I'm serious. Because meet it and leave it. Oh, God, I said, the worst that will happen is what? What will happen? Worst. The worst. You will die. Hunger will kill you. That's the worst. It's not likely to happen, but I'm just telling you, they get ready for the worst. It won't happen anyway. Paul said to Timothy, when people are conceited, when people are rich, they often get conceited. They often think they can solve problems with money. Unconsciously, they don't pray about their health because they can pay for anything that is required. Money is very annoying. It, can, it will give you confidence that you shouldn't have. So what will it cost? Is it no money? 
Once you make that statement, you are a mammon worshiper. You know, that is something that God did to me the other day. I was telling children in the house. I said, God wanted to tell me something. You know, the plumbing work in our house, eh? It became faulty after a while because maybe the kind of the quality of the materials used were not so good. So one day, so if I'm today this floor toilet is not flushing well, they have to change something. This faucet is flowing slowly. It's not directing the property to the shower. Ah. So one day, I called the bishop, our guy. We sat down. I said, this is enough. That how can a man be suffering like this? So I said, let's go and buy bathroom fittings that are good. Good enough, there's one particular one that you open in any place, and they sell very good quality bathroom fittings. So when the old boy, when I saw price there, just force it to open, to rinse your hand. They tell you 25000 naira. The toilet seat, there was one that had color. I said, my wife would like this kind of color. When they told me the price, I said, my wife doesn't care about color. <laughs> I mean, the same thing. You just, just different color. Thank you, just to, you know. Hey, hey, thank you. Now you pronounce I'm not me. But so that day I sat down. I just, anything they said, in there this one, I, I stilled my mind that, look, it's money. We will not die. So I bought everything needed. I won't tell you how much money I paid. It was huge. So I gave, we gave them money. But it was even weeks later I went to collect the things. So when the plumber came, Changed everything. I had this very nice looking, you know, faucet in my bathroom. You no know, shower. This, aha, very, very nice. So I said, good. My mind said, okay, it's good. Though. I've ever heard this thing before. Money is good. Though. Somebody told me that a few days ago. I told him that God is good. Though. Something that money is good. Though. It's not a good statement. Though. Just say God is good. Though. So I was telling my children, you know the lesson after everything. So you now think I have peace of mind. So we traveled. We came back. Nobody entered the house. Nobody entered our- In fact, the bedroom was locked. We all of us traveled. Well, my wife and I came back, entered the bathroom, opened that, my expensive faucet, that tap. I opened it. Water came out. Toom. Opened it again. Toom. 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 Ah. 25K. Now I buy that tap. <laughs> I do not want to tell you. I bought one tap for 25,000 naira. Now they do me tom, tom, tom. <laughs> After a few weeks. The guy who sold it had bragged heaven and earth. They give 25,000 years warranty. Now, not exactly 25,000, but you know, I'm like, what? So finally, now, so we went back to the old, you know, the manager we were managing before to fetch from the sink. We went back to it. I was like, God, which kind of wallah be this one? The money has been spent now. Waiting remain for weeks. That's how we managed. Until finally, the plumber came, opened it in, dragged that one nylon, closed it back, and walked away. One nylon, piece of nylon, fell into the overhead tank, ran down the pipes, an angel guided it, entered my, no, those angels, I know them, <laughs> blocked my tap, my 25,000 naira tap. Just to say to me, Banky, all flesh is grass. So I told the children, so you seen the lesson. If you think money will solve your problem, God said no. no. You see me, I take lessons from everything. I don't believe it's a game of chance. You could have blocked the guest room downstairs, which was closer to it. It didn't block it. You could have blocked my children's tabs. It didn't block their tab. 
the staff in the kitchen, he not go there. He aims for the Igbake Joshans tap in the house. <laughs> he came to the tap of the second in command to God. Because he was bearing a message from the Almighty. Say, Banky, you had the money to pay for this tap. I will even bless those who don't have money with good tap. Money or no money, if I don't bless your tap, it won't flow. That was the message I learned to. If I learned the message before the plumber came, and let me tell you something. Like, don't think that, hey, it's just rubber. It is because I learned my message. I learned my lesson. Because if I didn't hear that message, I learned my lesson. You will find that the only defective one that was made in that whole batch is the one they sold to me. I told that God realized the past. You, you will see that the only bad one, and when you're not good, the guy say, ah, that's, okay, that's the only one that's not covered by warranty because we gave you 2,000 discount. The way God rearranges it, you'll be surprised. But because before they even came to repair it, I said, Lord, I beg now. Say, all flesh is what? Grass. Money doesn't solve your problem. You, you, you won't have, no matter how much money you have. So don't think your car is old. If I buy a new one, now these problems will go away. God said, eh, have you prayed about problems going away? No. You are looking for money to drive away the problem. He said, there's no problem. Buy the car. They'll give you a brand new Honda. You will drive it from Lagos to your house. You'll, be so, you'll call us, we'll come and we we'll come and eat, celebrate. We we'll lay hands on the car. Say this car will be a blessing. God will say amen. <laughs> because to God, spiritual blessing is more important. Next morning, you start it like they say. They just say on the dashboard, transmission error. Uh-uh. You shift it. You check it. There's no transmission fluid. It's just full. Let's make a long story short. You bought a dead transmission. Brand new Honda. Transmission is not working. It's God telling you something. If I don't remove problems from your life, money can't. That's what the Lord is saying. If I don't remove problems from your life, money cannot. If I don't remove problems from your life, money cannot. Never trust in money. Mammon must be dethroned. Bow down your heads and dethrone mammon in your heart. We'll continue from that point. Dethrone mammon. Say, Lord, let me not trust in money. Let me not trust in money.